0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and there's Jerry, the three musketeers together again after so long, so many weeks of holidays and time off and rest and relaxation back at it again. (laughs) Yes, which, which makes this Stuff You Should Know. That's right. Hard, hard to come back for you? No, no. I think it was just long enough and everything was just satisfying enough that I, I'm ready. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. How about one, you? You're one of those weirdos. It's like, <laughs> oh, I need to work. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> or like my skin falls off.
0: I've always said I would be a great lottery winner.
1: Oh, yeah? Or a retiree?
0: Yeah, lottery winners better. I guess it's, it's the same thing. It's a retiree that doesn't have to sweat it.
1: Right. Exactly. Which is nice, man. Uh, nope.
0: I just should tell people that we were discussing with Jerry, um, the word dulcet as far as your voice. <clears throat> yes. Dulcet tones. He didn't know the definition. I looked it up. Oh, 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 yes. What uh, it said sweet and soothing, but mm-hmm. then in parentheses, it says often used ironically. <laughs> 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 I don't know what that is. It's a backhanded compliment, I guess.
1: Jerry, were you using it ironically?
0: She, actually, she didn't even nod. She's just sort of moving her face around. <laughs> she, her
1: skin falls off too when she doesn't work. That's weird. People uh, are weird. So sweet and, uh, nougaty is what you said? No, that's, uh, uh, Almond Joys. Oh, that's right. No, I actually. No, Mars did, uh, Bars. Mars Bars. Uh, Almond S- Joys Coconut. Sweet and soothing. Okay. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. I still prefer Muppety Tenor. It's the greatest of all time. It's very eye opening for me. Yeah, what
0: was? Oh, that was in a article about us. Uh huh. Muppety dinner.
1: <laughs> Good stuff. So, Chuck. Yes, I know that you. Um, you're a health conscious dude. Yeah. At the very least, you're conscious of healthiness. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I am too. And for a very long time, I made the switch. And um, one of the things that I learned was. The one of the easiest ways you can lose weight very quickly is to just cut like sodas out of your diet.
0: Yeah. See, my problem is I don't even drink sodas.
1: Right. So there's like a there's a whole step right there. Yeah. That, that's, that's removed from you. It's fine. It's, I mean, that's I think, good, but in a way, right? But I mean, there's just no low hanging fruit, as it were. Right. As far as using corporate buzz speak goes, unless you count gallons of booze. <laughs> That's not low hanging, my friend. That's top of the tree. That's last. Top shelf. So, um, when you stop drinking soda, you, you really do, like, the pounds just fall off. It's insane. But you still want soda, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you, it's like the craving's still there. And the, um, soda industry knew this and they said, hey, we don't want to lose a bunch of revenue. Let's start making diet sodas. Right. And apparently, originally, they, uh, made them, Almost exclusively for people with diabetes um, it, around the post-World War II era. Yeah. You could find diet sodas with uh, basically an inscription or something like that. Like it was inscribed on every <laughs> hand. It would say something like, for people who must uh, watch their sugar allotment or something like that, right? Yeah. And then as the soda industry was like, oh, wait, wait, we can really like – Make weight loss an issue here, and like help promote weight loss mm-hmm. by saying for people who wish to watch their sugar intake, right? Right. And just that little tiny switch changed everything, and like the diet soda industry was born. Just so people, a passive aggressive nudge in the right direction, <laughs> pretty much. Like, hey, don't you think you should be watching your sugar intake, chubs? Yeah. You know, that's what's that's what's between the lines. So we've got these awesome. Diet sodas that are sweetened with artificial sweeteners. Ugh. But of course, there's nothing can possibly just be just good or just great because there's apparently we're starting to learn huge, massive problems with artificial sweeteners as well. Problems so much that, um, they, they may be worse than, than sugar. It turns out in a lot of cases. Yeah. I mean, when have we found
0: and replaced something natural with something synthetic? And have it be nothing but, like, a win-win. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's something, but it seems like there's always some kind of downside.
1: I guess maybe, like, a robotic arm.
0: Is <laughs> better than a real arm? It depends on the arm <laughs> that it replaces. It could be. So you saving up for your robotic arm transplant? Sure.
1: All right. I'm tired of being weak on my right side. So you can crush those uh, Coke Zero cans. <laughs> exactly. With more vigor. Oh, well, I'm not drinking anything any longer. After researching this, I'm like, yep, I'm done with diet soda altogether. Oh, whoa. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like like through. Not a this isn't a phase or anything like that. I'm sure over the course of my life I will have like yeah, yeah. A, a giant like Coke Zero at a movie or something like that. But I'm I'm generally just totally done with well, diet. What are you going
0: to constantly be drinking then?
1: Well, to be honest, I'd already kind of started. I was drinking um like mineral water a lot more. Okay. And I found like once you just kind of switch over Water, which used to just be disgusting, is actually (laughs) kind of refreshing. Like just regular old, like, like filtered water with ice. That's so
0: funny because, you know, my history has always been heavy on the water.
1: Sure, I know. Like, you're
0: totally ahead of the game, it turns out. Well, by accident, but I just, I've always loved the
1: water. That's just how your taste has always run?
0: Well, and I was just raised on it, you know, I've said it before, like milk and water, Mm -hmm. we just didn't have a lot of sodas in the house and it just never really grabbed hold of me in that way, you know?
1: Right. But so, mixing milk and water. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it Well, is. Then, then you have fat-free milk. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. At least thin milk. No. Drink whole milk. I'm all about it. So I'm off of the uh, the diet sodas forever. Wow. Well, that's good for you. It is good, but if I want to brush my teeth or use mouthwash- you Use diet soda. Takes <laughs> Or take certain <laughs> vitamins or something like that- Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still running the risk of encountering artificial sweeteners because they're everywhere now. Yeah.
0: Well, let's uh, back up a bit then. That was a nice old school intro, by the way. Thank you. That's what you get after you take a nice Christmas break. <laughs> You've been rehearsing that one for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you woke up Christmas morning and Yumi was just like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, I got to <laughs> practice. Um, all right. Well, we're talking about artificial sweeteners, but what we're really talking about at its essence is sweet, the, the sensation of sweetness. Yeah. Um, and if you go back and listen to our, I think pretty good episode on taste from many years ago, mm-hmm. uh, we break it down pretty well as far as the, the receptors on our tongue. So we don't really need to rehash that, but did you, did you go back and listen to it? Does it really hold up? Yeah. It's not bad okay. for an nice. older one. Um, I mean, we get to the point there's not as much shenanigans. So a lot, oh, of, uh, yeah. a lot of people prefer those.
1: Yeah, we've added a lot of filler over
0: the years. It's okay. Um, but the, the level of sweetness that we taste, it's going to depend, you know, those, there are those receptors on our tongue and they interact with those molecules and they have to fit, you know, the shape has to fit. It's that weird thing that nobody really knows is going on on their tongue. That strange interaction is happening.
1: Yeah. I remember from the taste episode, like one of the theories is that it's the, the whole thing is happening on the quantum level. Wow, see. If I remember correctly.
0: Yeah. Uh, so how much sweetness you're going to taste, it, the level of sweet is going to depend on your own receptors and how they're binding to that sweet sensation. So these artificial sweeteners, what they do is they found a way to elicit that same response as as we get from sugar. Right. And basically, that that's it. Some of them are, uh, I mean, obviously, they're a, generally a lower calorie version of sugar, although we'll get to some that aren't later, uh, and the reasons for that is some of them, they're all different, but some of them are so sweet, like hundreds and even thousands of times sweeter than sugar, that they just need to use tiny, tiny bits of it, so it's basically no calorie. Other times, we don't even synthesize and absorb it and metabolize it, so that makes it no calorie.
1: Yeah, you get the taste, but then it just comes out of your pee or your poop. Yeah. Yeah, but so no calories exactly. I, I thought that was pretty interesting because I'd never really stopped and thought about why those things are no or low calories. Yeah, it me makes, neither. It makes perfect sense. Yeah,
0: like uh, the idea that something is so sweet, yeah, you need to use so little of it to that you subvert the calorie uh, system. The calorie yeah. system?
1: It's like well, you can't even count that low. Yeah, that many decimal places beneath one calorie. And the weird thing is to me is when you look at the histories of some of
0: these artificial sweeteners. Um, and it's a little scary is that a lot of them were discovered by accident from these dumb scientists who are like trying to, <laughs> trying to discover something else or work on something else. Yep. They're like, Oh, well, let me lick my finger and get a piece of paper or let me smoke a <laughs> cigarette and not wash my hands. And they're like,
1: Oh, my hand tastes sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it really, it drives home two things that chemists aren't really fixed on their, um, their survival. They have low <laughs> survival <laughs> skills. Yeah. And then, two, that um, all these artificial sweeteners are, in most cases, extraordinarily, they're synthetic compounds, you yeah. know? Like, um, saccharin was, or is, a derivative of coal tar that was accidentally discovered when they were trying to find a new dye. Yeah. And then, uh, I believe, um, aspartame was a non-starter ulcer drug.
0: Yeah, and the dude was literally picking up paper and, like, licked his finger mm-hmm. and said, oh, well, that's, isn't that how LSD? That was an accident too. It was, it was. Are no scientists washing their hands
1: anymore? No, apparently not. At least not the, the chemists.
0: Wow. But yeah. Well, yeah, I guess so. Chemistry. I don't want to throw all of science under the, uh, steamroller.
1: No, it's just the <laughs> chemists who don't care whether they live or die.
0: Uh, so anyway, saccharin, which is one of the first, or I guess the first artificial sweetener way back in 19, um, 1879. Yeah, way back in 1979. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in 1879, that, that was a uh, scientist who did not wash his hands before dinner mm-hmm. and noticed it tasted sweet and said, I think I have a new discovery on my hands. Yeah. Literally on my hands.
1: Yeah. And on my tongue. Uh-huh. And boy, oh boy, is it sweet. Yeah. And it's funny to think of that. Yeah. There's a lot of chemicals and compounds out there that we may have no clue actually taste sweet because it, 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 we just haven't accidentally run across them yet. Like Because everyone's washing their hands now. Yeah, and plus also, sugar has just such great PR that you tend to think that it has the market cornered on the sweet sensation, but no, it's it's just one of many things that yeah. elicit that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the
0: reason, well, there's a lot of artificial sweeteners. We're only going to go over a handful in detail, but the reason there are, I mean, there are a couple of reasons. One is just good old-fashioned competition, of course, uh, and another is you can't use them all in the same way. Like some... Hold up under baking, some don't. Uh, some you can just dust in a throat lozenge, and another might be good in a cake batter, you know? Mm-hmm. So it kind of depends on its use as to some are good in ice cream and others aren't.
1: Yeah, but you, you hit it on the head though too. I mean, like there is a lot of competition. Like Aspartame is owned by Monsanto now and like anytime those guys get in on something, there's, that means it's automatically big business. So there's a lot, a lot of money to be made. And one of the reasons why also that it is such big business is because it, it's very frequently much cheaper to produce this stuff, these artificial sweeteners, than it is to, to, um, process sugar. Right. So, right. say it takes like eight cents worth of sugar to sweeten uh, a two liter of Coke. It might take three um, cents worth of aspartame to sweeten Coke zero. Right. And if you're making, you know, millions upon millions of two liters of this stuff a year, that adds up pretty quick. Yeah. And in fact, there was actually a British company. I didn't see which one it was, but. They it was found that their orange drink, which was not being marketed as diet or sugar free or anything, was basically um, made up of artificial sweeteners, Who not sugars. This? I didn't look it up. Oh, oh! I just ran across it somewhere. It was an orange, orange like soda in Great Britain. Oh, in Great Britain, okay. Mm-hmm. I call, really it sh- good. call it Call it shame aid.
0: <laughs> well, the reason I asked is because you know my one weakness is like once a month I'll get the old fan of orange. Yeah, the Nazi drink. Oh, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> shaming me. Yeah. Uh, well, so these things are pretty controversial. Um, since literally since the first ones came around, um, people started, like with anything that's new and synthetic, uh, there are going to be a certain segment of people who are like, this is great. And another segment, they're like, well, I don't know about this. Let's look and see what's going on in your body, and what if it's not so good for you, and how do we know? <laughs> right. People concerned
1: with health. Yeah, that's an easier way to say it. And public health. Yeah. Yeah, yeah There's um, it does kind of seem to be like, Chuck, we're at this point in history where – there is a lot of this stuff out there. I think I saw a 2016 article that said there's like 3,500 products in the U.S. using one, at least one of the five approved artificial sweeteners by the FDA. Wow! So there's tons of products out there, and not enough medical literature to sh- to really strongly show one way or the other that yeah, these things actually are pretty safe and like all these fears are just a general public distrust of science and change and unnaturalness and we don't also have anything to show the other way too that um no actually these things are pretty unsafe because it seems like every study that you find has a contradictory study with just completely opposite findings yeah it's pretty Uh, frustrating yeah and they're like even they're they're canceling each other out it is frustrating. It does seem though that the at least based on the the reporting that I'm seeing or have seen in research it seems like a body of um medical literature is mounting that's showing that the, the this stuff is pretty problematic actually.
0: Yeah, I mean if you just uh throw science out the window and start perusing the internet which Everyone should do, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. At least you know, once a day. If you go on websites, though, and, and Internet forums and look around, um, people will blame, I mean, just about any disease you can think of on. Aspartame is a big one that's getting a lot of the heat, but all mm-hmm. kinds of artificial sweeteners, um, MS, brain tumors, uh, dizziness, uh, Alzheimer's, like all kinds of problems. People are saying, well, you know, this didn't start happening until I started eating or drinking this, which contain this.
1: Right. Yeah, it's anecdotal.
0: It's extremely anecdotal. And like you said, when you look at the real studies, and we're going to get to some of these, and of course some are are mounted by the, the very company selling them. And I had a, a thing on Facebook last week about these company-backed studies and whether or not we should even listen to them. And most people chimed in that were in in the biz and said, you know what, it doesn't mean it's junk science. Um, a lot of these studies wouldn't even be done if it wasn't for these companies funding them. But I still like raise an eyebrow anytime I see like, nope, uh, Coca Cola debunks study that says it's bad for you <laughs> right. with their own study, you know? <laughs> right? Like, how can you? I'm not even a big cynic, and you just have to sort of wonder if that's complete BS or not. Yeah. Well, the FDA, for its part, if you go to their website, uh, on their Q and A. As far as them defending their, the things that they've approved, <laughs> they kind of, well, I'll just read it. It says, uh, all, <laughs> all consumer complaints related to the sweetener have been investigated as thoroughly as possible by, uh, federal authorities for more than five years, in part under FDA's, uh, arms system or arm system adverse reaction monitoring system. In addition, scientific, and that's where people can submit their own beefs basically, right? Yeah. And say like, Hey, I'm dizzy. I just drank a tab.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, in addition, scientific studies conducted during aspartame's pre-approval phase uh, fail to show that it causes any adverse reactions in adults or children. Individuals who have concerns about possible adverse reactions to aspartame or other substances should contact their physician. Basically, hey, if you're not feeling good, maybe
1: it's on you. Yeah, why don't you stop being so <laughs> metabolically weird? Go to your weirdo. doctor. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and since you brought up the FDA, there's – a lot of concerns about how, just how much oversight they're bringing to the table. Yeah. Um, and from the, uh, there was this Washington Post article I found. It yeah, sounds I read like that too, man. Like, like not much at all. There's this, um, separate track. It's basically like an expedited track that a company who's looking for FDA approval for their food item can submit. Yeah. And rather than so, ideally, there's this FDA review process where the FDA says, let us see your studies. We're going to do some research. We might do some testing ourselves. It's going to take forever. You're going to lose a bunch of money while you're sitting there waiting to go to market. But we will know pretty, pretty conclusively that it's safe for humans to use. Yeah. Although even even that's not necessarily true. But that's like the ideal situation that will get maybe close to, uh, yes, this is safe for humans. Well, they've basically done away with that and created this fast track program where you can submit for generally regarded as safe status. Yeah, that
0: was 1997 is when everything kind of – there was a big sea change there.
1: Yeah, and they did it because business was like, guys, you're taking so long. This is so slow. This process is killing us. It's costing us so much cash. We want to go to market faster. Well, and the FDA was like, we don't have enough people. Right. What do we do? So instead of hiring more people, they just made it easier for the companies to get this stuff passed. And the way that they did that was the FDA said, how about this? You guys go study the medical literature, write a review of what you find, and we'll read your review. Yeah. And no, then we'll give you it, yeah. approval.
0: So don't, you don't need to submit your data anymore. Just give us your, your findings, your findings in a summary, and that should speed things up. And it right. did in a big, big way.
1: And it, it proved the FDA was so toothless that apparently now a lot of companies are releasing food additives into the food supply without even talking to the FDA about it. It said in this article that the, um, the, one of the deputy commissioners for food at the FDA, he said, we simply do not have the information to vouch for the safety of many of these chemicals. The FDA is just like, oh well, there's a new food additive out there. I hope it goes, f- I hope it goes well for everybody. Yeah. And
0: in, in the, I don't know if in the FDA's defense or, but what they said initially was the reason we did this is we thought that People were doing this anyway and just introducing new chemicals without uh, like submitting for approval at all. Right. He said, so maybe if we streamline this process, they'll at least do that. And that just hasn't worked out how they hoped.
1: Basically. No, nope. It's like, um, Citizens United ruling. Oh yeah. You know?
0: All right. Well, let's take a break. I need to go. I'm, I'm angry now. Sorry. <laughs> I need to go smash. <laughs> we'll be back right after this.
1: Okay, we're back. Chuck, you feeling better? Yeah. That Ming vase, man, that was like an original. Yeah, well. That was real. It's a goner now. That's going to come out of Jerry's pay. Unless you get some super glue oh yeah like that <laughs> that brady bunch episode yeah. mom always said don't play ball in the house oh did they break something yeah they broke a vase playing basketball uh in the house oh, and yeah. um they tried to glue it back together and then mrs brady used it for some flowers and it oh, right. sprung a bunch of leaks that's
0: so them
1: i'd love those what kids. are you doing playing
0: basketball inside anyway that's dumb just you know, horseplay, roughhousing—the use. I mean, their outside was a a studio set with astroturf. Like it's always, <laughs> it's always perfect weather. <laughs> yeah, and that one little
1: quarter driveway.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. I bet it would be so disappointing if you could go see a recreation of that set today. You know. Uh yeah. It's like I sat at the uh Cheers bar once—the real, <laughs> the, the not the one in Boston, but the where they shot the TV show. Oh okay. And it's just, everything's just always smaller, you know? And that was a big uh, set.
1: Including Rhea Perlman.
0: (laughs) She was tiny. (laughs) She was like in my beer
1: mug. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, the one in Boston, it's like nothing like the set. So I thought that's where you were going. I didn't realize you'd been on the actual set. Yeah, that's when
0: I did my famous uh, extra stint on Dear John. And Cheers was uh, next door. I Okay, I don't know this story. Yeah, yeah. When my brother, he worked on Dear John, and I went out to visit him and... He got me on as an extra. I played a busboy in a restaurant scene. Did you really? Yeah, I'd love to get a copy of that, actually, and post it. Yeah, I want to see that. It was pretty good. Yeah. That was my first encounter, like real encounter with the film business, and I was like, this is a
1: weird thing to do. This is the life for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to play busboys all my life. And one day, I'm going to have a short-lived t- failure of a TV show myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh All right, so where were we? Uh, we were talking about a TV show.
0: Oh, no, no, no. We were talking, uh, about coming back from the break. And I wanted to mention, you said earlier that, uh, when we first intro that sometimes this stuff like does more harm. And this, this one Purdue university study <clears throat> I thought was really interesting because it found that drinking sugar, or eating and drinking, uh, sugar free stuff with, uh, diet drinks mainly, uh, can actually mess with your body's ability to naturally count calories, cause it, it just messes up what the body recognizes as real sweet and real calories. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, can that, make, that, which can make you fatter.
1: Right. Yeah. Apparently there's been a number of studies, including like really, really good longitudinal, longitudinal studies, like the San Antonio Heart Study that have found that, um, sh- like high levels of diet soda intake are correlated with obesity. Yeah. Meaning everything else equal, the person who drinks more diet soda is likelier to be obese, which makes zero sense. It's it's pretty confounding, right? The whole reason or one of the big reasons people drink diet soda is so they can lose weight. But it turns out that they're actually more likely to be obese. And I should say, Compared to people who don't drink diet, diet soda. Right. Not compared to people who drink non-diet soda. Right. That's not to say like, yeah, a, a diet Coke drinker is more likely to be obese than a Coke drinker. It's a diet Coke drinker is more likely to be obese than somebody who just drinks water. Right. And this
0: per- Purdue study really like gives some insight to that. Basically we, our body tells us how many calories we need to take in. And part of that is based on how sweet something is. So once we start drinking and ingesting these artificial sweeteners, it just, it goofs everything up. It, it basically says that our body doesn't associate sweetness with higher calories anymore.
1: Yeah, right. Because with, with something like a uh, artificial sweetened soda, right? When you, when you eat food, your body has a couple of pathways that it rewards you for saying, Hey, good job. You ate food. Yeah. I'm going to make it so that you want to eat food again. And one is the gustatory pathway or gustatory component, which is like the taste, the, the smell, the, the sensation that you get from eating like good food or a, like something sweet and delicious. And that just activates your limbic system like crazy. Your reward pathway goes nuts, right? Yeah. But when you eat stuff, you also have the second component, which is, um, where you're satiated, the feeling that you get, that great pleasant feeling of being like nice and pleasantly full from eating, right? Yeah. And that counters that gustatory excitement. So normally when you eat food, you, you get the excitement from the, the taste of it. And then ultimately you'll also get the nice pleasant feeling from being full from it. Not so with an artificial sweetened soda. Instead, you get the excitement. Your sugar rush is going off, but you're never going to get full. And since we're nothing but junkies as far as like our brains are wired, we're just going to keep drinking more and more and more because that sugar center's going off and we're never getting full, so it's never counteracted. We just always crave more and more and more.
0: Yeah, and of course, like you said, these studies, there's always an opposite one. that It was... Uh, debunked as flawed um, by the National Soft Drink Association.
1: Yeah, so they, they, they didn't even it. try. They just said wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not that Purdue study is not the only study. There have been plenty of other studies that have looked into this and have found the same thing that that there's there's that our bodies are being tricked that we're no longer yeah. associating sweet foods with high calorie foods and that it's leading to eating more high calorie foods so that if you eat something that actually is sweet and has calories, you're going to eat more of it than you would have before because your brain's not used to saying, uh, I've got enough calories from this. I can stop eating it now. Right, Playing tricks on your body. Yeah. And plus also apparently with these these things that are 300, 500, 7,000 times sweeter than sugar... Which is what our body is used to is, is some form of sugar. Um, the, the, the sensation of sweetness is amplified. And so it kind of mutes sweetness in other things like fruit or any, any other complex taste like in vegetables. So we end up just craving more and more sweet stuff because everything else tastes terrible compared to this ultra sweet stuff that we're, we're eating and drinking. And if you stop drinking like, like soda or diet soda or whatever stop eating junk food for even just like a week or so yeah when you go back to it it's amazing how sweet that stuff actually is oh i bet it's it's like a smack in the face yeah but you realize, like, wow, I've really been used to this for a while because I don't remember it tasting this sweet. Yeah, and my headaches are, are now gone
0: because I'm <laughs> drinking this again. <laughs>
1: right, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, and the other thing, too, and I know we covered a little bit of this in the high-fructose corn syrup, but part of the problem is is the ubiquity of this stuff. It's, mm-hmm. um, I think, uh, which one was it? Was it aspartame that's in? Yeah, aspartame is in 6,000, more than 6,000 products. Yeah, like soft, you know, soft drinks, of course, gum, uh, puddings, dessert mixes, gelatin, frozen desserts, fillings, yogurts, uh, and that, and you know, of course, people just dump it right into their coffee too. Sure. Uh, and it's purest form, but, um, you, unless you're really a stickler about looking at food labels, you're getting way, way more than the maximum recommended levels that you should be ingesting of this stuff because it might be, like I said, in the I got a sore throat, so I took the cough drop, and now I'm chewing gum. Now I'm using toothpaste, and it's all over the place.
1: Right, exactly. And th- that's another part of the problem where even if the FDA is doing its job and does all this research and re- looks at the medical literature, um, they may say, okay, this stuff is safe. At this level, this is the maximum recommended amount that a person should have and still be within the safe zone per day. So don't put more than this in your soda. Okay? Great. Go forth and prosper. And then that soda becomes a success and other people start using that sweetener. And then it's like you said, like with aspartame, it's everywhere so that the people are getting that amount just from that, that, that soda with aspartame that they're drinking, but they're also getting it from all these other places and the levels rise very quickly.
0: Yeah, and some folks get, I mean, there's a definite um, soft drink addiction problem, um, even with the diet sodas. I've, I've known people who literally drank like a couple of two liters a day of this stuff. Sure, yeah. Like just constantly drinking soda all day long from the moment they get up till the moment they go to bed. Right. Yeah. but it's diet so it's no big deal.
1: Exactly. And um there's actually a study that I came across. Um I didn't see where the study was from, but this was it was mentioned on this um Harvard Health blog. Um they it, it was a rat study where rats were given the choice between oral saccharin and intravenous cocaine. Um after they've been acclimated to both and they tended <laughs> to choose the saccharin. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, slightly. Did they go round and round? <laughs> <laughs> they did. Sorry, they're probably like I've heard about that cocaine. I'm not doing that, but I will do the saccharin. By the way, there's a uh, uh
0: an audio interview on YouTube with the drummer from the band Rat. Mm-hmm. That's like an hour and twenty minutes long. That you should, I mean, try and get through fifteen or twenty minutes of it. But the way I saw it, is someone said, uh, "This is the Donald Trump of of '80s hair metal." <laughs>
1: Was it a contemporary, like today? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He basically okay. has
0: a new group that does Rat songs, and I think it's, he's just the drummer that's the original member and mm-hmm. and just goes off for like an hour and a half about how great they are and about how that's the real stuff and how they sound better than the original Rat ever sounded. And, and, <laughs> and it's really something. Like, I've never heard someone who was more full of themselves than this dude. Wow. It was hysterical. It was really wonderful.
1: Well, what? How many songs could they possibly play? Did they just play round and round like like 12 or 13 times at a show? Yeah, they had a few hits. All I remember is round and round. No, they also, uh,
0: well,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll think on it. <laughs>
0: they <laughs> were not a one-hit wonder,
1: though. I'll bet you're thinking of Cinderella or Dachin. No. I think Dachin had more hits than Rat. No, they had uh, Lay
0: It Down. Remember that one? No. Can you sing it? Sure, you do. Lay it no. down right now. <laughs> oh, oh, that's. And then they had Wanted Man. <laughs> no, I'm that's fun. Bon wanted Man. No, and then You're in Love. No, nope. and Way Cool Junior. They had,
1: I would say, four genuine, sort of hits. <laughs> I, I really, honestly, I remember Round and Round, and that's it. Well, they were a little
0: bit before your time too.
1: Round and Round was a pretty good song though. It was a great song.
0: Rat. So, we should just end the show. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, let's take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk specifically about some of these sweeteners. Does that sound good? It sounds sweet.
1: believe you don't remember you're in love well you're not singing it so how could i possibly remember it and lay it down those were two big big hits uh, i mean i'm telling you like i was paying a lot of attention to 80s hair metal when it was when it was out i bet and if I it don't came on those. you'd
0: probably be like oh i know that song
1: hmm. um all right remember,
0: remember striper the christian hair metal band i saw striper in concert my friend did you? The fabulous Fox Theater in Atlanta. Did you really?
1: I did. Awesome. Uh was no, it? It wasn't. <laughs> they had a they had more than one hit, didn't they?
0: Yeah, I was uh I was way into that in my early youth group days. Striper.
1: Thought well they, they rocked.
0: Were about as tough as you could get.
1: Well, I don't know about that, but they definitely <laughs> rocked, for sure. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they definitely wore a lot of
0: spandex. Their drummer played sideways, that was his big trick. Oh, they, oh, set yeah. up the, they set it up completely sideways on the stage. <laughs> he's not actually playing sideways then. No, no, no. He's playing straight ahead. Right. He just has the drum kit sideways.
1: That was the gimmick, huh? Yeah. That, that and religion.
0: Pretty good. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about saccharin. Let's. That was, it's actually the Latin word for sugar. Um, and that was the one we said earlier, which is the OG, uh, discovered by two chemist it, uh, named Johns and Hopkins
1: <laughs> well that's it that's so two guys claimed it one was definitely in the lab because he was the one who uh, licked his well he ate a bread roll I guess oh really that, that was sweet <laughs> and he was like I don't think this is supposed to be sweet and came to realize it was soaking the in coal, the coal tar <laughs> that was on his fingers wow yeah. Oh, I thought you meant it was sitting in a little pool of coal tar and he like didn't notice it. <laughs> yeah. That was weird. He was warming it up on the Bunsen
0: burner. Uh so yeah, that an accidental discovery, and it is three hundred times sweeter than sugar. Yeah. And this is one of the ones that is no calorie because it is it is not metabolized by the body at all. No. And it is very famous well, I don't know about famous, but the drink tab, the soft drink tab, mm-hmm. um it was very famous for being uh sweetened in a big way by saccharin
1: right which means that from the i think 1977 till 1997 maybe there was a warning label on tab that said quote use of this product may be hazardous to your health this product contains saccharin which has been determined to cause cancer in laboratory animals yeah you remember that warning label on there oh yeah
0: and um you can also still find i mean it's not like it went away it's that is what sweet and low is Mm -hmm. and you if you drink fountain diet coke or pepsi fountain Mm -hmm. pepsi Mm -hmm. you're gonna have saccharin in there yep and emily was big on the fountain diet cokes she's like it's just not the same for mccann and i called her the other day i was like it's because of saccharin she went what (laughs) she's off (laughs) those now too though
1: yeah, that'll do it. But, but what's weird, so I read this really, um, great post on Today I Found Out, which is an excellent website, by the way. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, and they, they wrote about the discovering saccharin and then the controversy, the health controversies of saccharin. And the case they make is that it's, it's, it, it, it's basically the victim of bad science reporting. Yeah. And public, public fear, basically. And that if you're a rodent, yes, you should not be drinking tab. Right. Because there, there, there was discovery of bladder cancer and other types of cancer, but specifically bladder cancer in uh, lab rats that were being fed saccharin. And, um, I guess before they figured out exactly why, the media went and extrapolated it onto people. And so in the public's mind, it became, uh, saccharin will give you bladder cancer. And then by the time they went and researched what was going on, there's like the, the specific, I think the specific parts of rat urine um, were combining with the saccharin to form these things called microcrystals in the bladder, which is tearing up the bladder lining so frequently that as the cells were regenerating, the potential for them to to, uh, grow out of control and become tumors was increased. And so the lab rats were getting... Um, bladder cancer. The thing is, is the lab rat's urine is not the same as humans urine. No. Um, and so we just don't get bl- bladder cancer to, from tab apparently or from saccharin.
0: Well, yeah. And one of the things, I mean, I never really knew this, how they exactly tested. I figured because it was a rat, they would just give them like, you know, a few drops or something because they're tiny, mm-hmm. but they apparently dose these lab mice and rats with lots of these additives uh, large large doses and apparently that's to compensate for the fact that they don't use a lot of mice and rats yeah which I, i'm not i don't follow the logic there
1: there isn't any <laughs> oh, okay and then they follow it up with wow that that seems to have really gotten on top of you how about some intravenous cocaine to perk pur- <laughs> up
0: uh well they also said the large doses compensate for possibilities that rodents may be less sensitive to it.
1: Yeah, but I've also read elsewhere that the the stuff that they're they're the tests they're conducting, at least on humans too, are are not real world tests. It's like, oh, you just drank a a twelve ounce diet coke and now we're going to base all of our medical recommendations on the uh, the impact it has on your body. Right. They're not taking into account like you said the guy who drinks 2 2 liters or 2 12 packs of diet coke a day for 20 30 years. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And the, like this stuff is generally just too new for us to have any like studies on long-term effects of them. So yeah. we, we really just don't know. Yeah. I mean it's I I don't like I'm, I don't want to foster um Paranoia, like fear, yeah, or yeah. paranoia, or even just, yeah, fear, paranoia. But I like the the jury's still out as far as I'm concerned.
0: Agreed. Uh, for its part, though, saccharin was removed from the NIH's list of carcinogens, and uh, they did remove that warning label uh, in the late 90s, like you said.
1: Yeah, and I should say I'm I'm not specifically talking about saccharin. I'm talking about artificial sweeteners in, in general. Yeah, totally. The, the jury's still out
0: uh but on to aspartame that's one of the big targets these days um equal NutraSweet, sweet and Nutri-taste, uh are the brand names that it's sold under and this is uh it's a derivative of a couple of amino acids um aspartic acid and <laughs> phenylalanine lalanine yeah I phenylalanine think
1: that's
0: right yeah uh, and this has been around since 1965 uh and this was a chemist named Jim Schlatter Mm-hmm. um a part of a company that, which is now Pfizer and he was the one that was licking his finger to pick up paper <laughs> and studying an anti-ulcer drugs and went hey that tastes 180 to 200 times sweeter than sugar to me right and so that's what it's used for
1: oh yeah well i don't think they treat ulcers with it anymore
0: no but the weird thing about um aspartame uh is more in how it's broken down in the body i think um
1: yeah, because it is metabolized.
0: Yeah, and this just blew my mind. I had no idea that something like that could break down into methanol in your body. Yeah, wood alcohol. Uh, n- weird. I mean, that's one of three things, aspartic acid uh, and then phenylalanine. Lalanine. Man, <laughs> and
1: methanol is what it breaks down into. That's just crazy. Right, and so if you um do not have this disorder called PKU or phenylketonuria, um, it's the wood alcohol you have to pay attention to, but if you have PKU, then you've got a big problem with the phenylalanine because you're you're missing an enzyme that breaks that down, and uh, it can build up in your brain and create brain damage in you. So people who have um, PKU or phenylketonuria um, can't have Aspartame at all because of that, but for people who do not have PKU, you still have to worry about the methanol though—that wood alcohol. If I if I remember correctly, isn't that the stuff that the U.S. government used to poison the illicit um, alcohol supply with, and a bunch of people went blind and died uh, back in I don't prohibition? Don't remember, but that sounds right. I think it was wood alcohol, and and it's just so toxic, and normally, when we when we consume something that has wood alcohol in it, um, there it's in the presence of ethanol and that's it's absorbed differently. the out the ethanol kind of like um, uh, neutralizes it a little bit. But in aspartame we're it's breaking down into eth- methanol without the presence of ethanol. And so we're absorbing this toxic component. Um, just straight up.
0: Yeah. 10% of aspartame is absorbed as methanol. And the EPA says, uh, there's a recommended limit of 7.8 milligrams per day of methanol and drinking one liter of an aspartame sweetened beverage contains 56 milligrams of methanol. Well, of, well, is, was well, is that saying 56 milligrams of absorbed methanol or 56 milligrams of aspartame? I think, I don't know. I think that means methanol.
1: Yeah, That's how I took it. Yeah, so eight, eight times
0: the recommended amount in one liter of an aspartame-sweetened beverage. That's not good. Well, and like you were saying, how the ethanol counterbalances it, it's the same as the uh, amino acids. They're naturally part of our diet, mm-hmm. but usually when we consume it, they're, it's counterbalanced by other amino acids. And in the case of uh, aspartame, it doesn't have those, so it's just consuming it on its own. Right, so you're getting it in very high doses, basically.
1: Yeah, and there's been at least one study that has linked um, types, different types of cancers in female rats to uh, aspartame consumption.
0: Right, but again, no official studies show any official problems.
1: Well, none that the FDA is pointing to. Right, like that was Europe; they're overprotective.
0: Yeah, but this is one of the ones too that uh that arms uh program where you can call in and and report things. Mm-hmm. I think it re- accounts for 75% of all complaints there. Mhm. Like I'm dizzy, I got headaches, I got seizures, I've got fatigue. It's killing me. <laughs> it's killing me,
1: doc. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do something. Uh what's next? Sucralose. Sucralose, like Splenda. Right. So sucralose is um Splenda's marketed or it was marketed with the kind of slogan made from sugar so it tastes like sugar right and apparently they got sued by the sugar industry yeah. because um, i guess people thought that splenda was natural i think there was a um, there was some sort of poll that found like 57% of people thought that splenda was a natural artificial sweetener and it's not it's actually uh, you take a sugar molecule and then you take out 3 of the hydroxyl groups hydrogen and oxygen groups, and you replace those with chlorine, this <laughs> is always a good move. Yeah, that's no longer sugar. <laughs> nope. That's not sugar anymore. It's not natural either. So what, what you have is sucralose, and sucralose is um, 600 times sweeter than sugar, and it's not metabolized by the body. Right. So it's calorie-free. But there have been studies that have found that it might not be metabolized by the body, but it's absorbed by the body. It's been found in the blood immediately after drinking a can of sucralose-sweetened soda, and it's also been found in breast milk, too, from others who have drank uh, sucralose-sweetened drinks. Yeah, and
0: sucralose is one of those you're going to find because it holds up to heat. So you're going to find it in a lot of baked uh, goods or, uh, you know, like processed baked goods or in um, the the – I was about to call them kits, what are they called? <laughs> the easy bake oven? No, you know, when you go to make a cake and you get the, the stuff.
1: Mix. Yeah, the mix, not a kit. <laughs> I like kit though. That's a good one. Yeah, I need a cake kit. <laughs> go to the hardware store. <laughs> a, I don't I don't know what you mean, pal. Look, I'm, it's been a long day. <laughs> Please leave me alone.
0: Uh but Splenda is one of the biggest um probably heaviest used sweetener just I was going to call an over-the-counter sweetener, but when you just use it for a sweetener alone to sweeten, right. sweeten your tea or your coffee or whatever. Yeah. Well, you see a lot of Splenda because it has that little green leaf on it.
1: Doesn't oh, it? is Splenda? I thought Splenda was the yellow one. Oh. Stevia is the one with the green leaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You're right. Yeah. Stevia actually is natural. It comes from a plant.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> All that... All right, and feel much better about the green leaf.
1: Yes, yeah, sucralose or Splenda is sugar with uh, chlorine.
0: Oh yeah, Splenda, that yellow packet. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Sweet and low is pink.
1: Yep. Stevia's got the green leaf.
0: I used to dump that sweet and low in my iced tea when I was a kid because I knew no better. Did you really? Wow. Well, because you know you th- put sugar in cold iced tea, it does nothing but just go to the bottom.
1: I know. It's absolutely frustrating.
0: And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm from Georgia. I need to be drinking sweetened tea, which is while they're brewing it, they dump in a full one-pound bag of sugar.
1: <laughs> so much. Like they say down here that the um, the straw is supposed to stand straight up in the tea, and that's yeah. how you know when you have enough sugar in your sweet tea.
0: Yeah, I don't drink sweet tea much anymore, but boy, I love it. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do too. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so sucralose, uh, for its... Worth isn't as controversial in the public sphere as aspartame is. Um, but, uh, there was a report the FDA in 1998 that said it's approved, but it did cause minor genetic damage in mouse cells, but it was minor and weakly mutagenetic. Yeah. May may cause,
1: may cause light cancer. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, and like you said, they weren't they sued by the sugar
1: industry? Didn't you say that? Yeah. I don't know what the outcome was. I don't know. I haven't heard that slogan in a while, so I'll bet the sugar industry won.
0: Yeah. They, now it's just Splenda. You know the deal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know what we used to say. Just think. Just think. Think hard. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we have sugar
0: alcohols, which I wasn't super familiar with, actually.
1: I am because I, uh, up until this week, chewed a lot of sugar-free gum. Oh, and um yeah. a lot of it is is uh sweetened with sugar alcohols which is it's um it's where you take a sugar and you add a hydrogen atom to it right gotcha. so there's stuff like um sorbitol xylitol um uh, erythritol <laughs> yeah i even practiced that one erythritol yes thank you had a little trouble with it but um they don't have calories cuz they're not typically absorbed by the body Although some, some actually do have just about as many calories as sugar. Yeah. So you do have to kind of watch it. Um, but f- sugar alcohols typically are used less for weight loss and more for, um, like, uh, sugar or blood sugar control, like among people with diabetes. Oh, okay. Because so it might have the calories, but it doesn't, it doesn't have the glycemic load that, that sugar does. Um, and even some artificial sweeteners do, but they taste really, really good. They're, they're about as close to sugar as you can possibly get, um, and still have fewer calories or whatever. The problem with them is that they can, um, they're like, uh, butterfish, escarole. Yeah. They, they cause the anal leakage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to bring that reins. up every chance
0: I get, you know. Uh, I think we have our first great band name of 2017, too. Not anal leakage, but glycemic load. <laughs> anal yeah. leakage, no one wants to hear that. No. It's like Diarrhea Planet. Oh, yeah.
1: Didn't they tweet back P- poop, at us? Poop Knife? <laughs> Is that what it was? You were telling Diarrhea Planet to, to change, change the, the name, name to Poop Knife? And they, yeah, they tweeted, never.
0: <laughs> never. Who are you? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that laxative effect um, if you have a daily dose of fifty grams or twenty grams uh, uh fifty grams of the sorbitol or twenty grams of the mannitol, mm-hmm. it has to be labeled that it has a laxative effect,
1: yeah, but the Center for Science and the public Interest says, no, 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 only ten grams of sorbitol can make you poop your pants, so maybe you guys <laughs> should lower it for that warning, and the f d a said' look man we're we're taking a nap.' Yeah, no way. they're like, "What? Can we just have people on the verge of pooping their pants, but not quite?" <laughs> right? <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I saw an alternative to all this, you know.
0: Oh, what real sugar?
1: That is one alternative. And the thing is, is uh, yeah, the 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 upshot of all this is, well, maybe sugar is not so bad. If refined sugar is pretty bad for you yeah. and so is like high fructose corn syrup but there are plenty of like natural forms of sugar too like unrefined raw demerara sugar or honey there's a lot of places you can get sweetness yeah. right, that aren't necessarily Agave. bad for you sure yeah. right um but then uh, if you're super hip with the science too you might be in favor of what are called sweet tasting proteins these are actually pretty cutting edge from what I've seen. There's seven that have been identified so far. All of them come from plants that grow in the rainforest hmm. and um they are proteins. They're not carbohydrates, they're actual proteins. Like sweet so they chicken? Have- they have- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The Paraguayan sweet chicken. <laughs> Paraguayan sweet bird? Yeah. <laughs> They, uh, they, they, so they're not gonna, they're not gonna raise your glycemic index, like your blood sugar. They're not going to lead to weight gain. Um, they're, they're just proteins. And apparently some of them are quite sweet and they're looking into using those as an into... alternative to the <laughs> artificial sweeteners, which are the alternative to sugar. So they can decimate the rainforest in yet another way. Well, hopefully this will help them protect the rainforest. They'll be oh. like, no, 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 this is where our sweet comes from. Gotcha. Stop cutting it down. Okay. Keep, keep your fingers crossed. They're crossed. Okay, that's all I got. That's all I got. So that's uh, artificial sweeteners, everybody. Uh, if you want to know more about those, you can type those words in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com, and um, the Noid will appear. <laughs> and since I said Noid, it's time for listener mail. Uh, I'm going to call
0: this uh, Warmed My Heart Over the Holidays. <laughs> Scotch. Hi, yeah, uh, that too. Hi, Josh and Chuck. Uh, I'm Grace, and I'm 17 years old. I'm the oldest of three sisters: Lily, 15; Rose, 10. Great names. Yep. Uh, we started listening to your podcast in 2009 uh, when our parents split up and we moved a state away from our dad. Uh, as a tradition, now we always listen to a podcast of yours to this very day when we are traveling between the two states with our dad. Nice. Uh, it's been such a fun way to pass the time during road trips. Your podcasts have uh, been the source of so many interesting conversations and such a wonderful way to bring our family together over the years. For instance, all three of us girls vividly remember the Vulture episode for no apparent reason (laughs) and found the Haunted House episode oddly cool. Uh, Lily, who was the 15-year-old, she -hmm. enjoys the Halloween story episodes. Rose, 10, thinks it's funny when you guys get off track. (laughs) God bless you, Rose. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I really like to annoy my friends with all the useless facts that I now know. Uh, We are such hardcore fans that we even had marathons of your TV series. Whoa. Wow. Uh, And we have literally been a fan of you guys since you started. Thanks for being a part of our childhood. Love, the Harvey family.
1: That's fantastic. That was a fantastic email. It
0: was great. And they sent a picture... Of Dad behind the wheel, uh, <clears throat> driving with uh, it looked like Grace up front and Lillian Rose in the back. Mm-hmm. and they were all just smiling and just just they just had this lovely aura about them. Thanks to us. Yep. <laughs>
1: nope, <laughs> thanks to the vulture episode.
0: Anyway, I love the Harvey family now. they're they're tops on my list.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot, Harvey family for writing in. We appreciate that big time. And to old man Harvey,
0: you're doing yeah. the right thing, sir.
1: Yep, keep both hands on the wheel. <laughs> That's right. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us like the Harveys did to let us know how much of a role we've played in your life, we love hearing that kind of stuff. You can tweet to us. Uh, I'm at Josh Um Clark, and we're also at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on facebook.com slash stuffyoushouldknow. You can hang out with Chuck on Facebook at Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Uh, You can send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com.